meeting is truly open and I'm welcoming everybody. I know this meeting is called uh, in a very a, it's a very neat meeting because we <clears throat> where I'm sitting, I, I I received quite a lot of complaints from quite a lot of people and even media houses that we need to talk to these issues. And, and I tried to speak to the minister, the minister, with all his programs that he had, he, he ended up agreeing that we can have it tonight in order to, at least to, to respond, for us to get to know really what is it that the people are complaining about, about things we're not doing as a department. Um, so it will, it will be helpful, Minister, that you take us through thoroughly what is it that is um, uh, we, are, we are doing about these issues, and if any that uh, we are not doing, what is it and why? It will help. So the meeting is opened and we are truly welcomed. Can we that observe a moment of silence for mediation and prayer? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I was I needed to have this meeting open to everybody, even the media, if they do. But unfortunately, my, I am. <laughs> we, I, I, we have, I've got a lot shading where I'm sitting. So even if I open my camera, you might not see me. Uh, those that want uh, to see my face. Um. But those that can, please try to do that. Uh, um, I'm sitting in a car somewhere in the in the bundes of uh, of Sakan. As long as it is safe, chair where you are, you are fine. No, no, I'm very safe. I'm, I'm very safe. I'm very safe. I'm very safe. I'm filling station next to my house. Okay. Um, Let's get into the agenda is as a put forward. Do we have any apologies, uh, no simple? No, Chairperson, there is no apology. Okay. If that is the case, we want to get presentation by the department uh, through the minister, if the minister is. If it's not, the deputy ministers, I think they are here. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chair, um, and uh, thank you very much, uh, members of the Portfolio Committee, Honourable Members. I need to acknowledge uh, the uh, presence of uh, Deputy Ministers who are here, Mashaba and uh, uh, Magadze, and all other people uh, of our country are here, including media houses uh, that are here. Uh, Chair, I have to uh, express our sincere um, gratitude to you and the Portfolio Committee for granting us the opportunity to uh, uh, account to you <clears throat> directly and indirectly account to the public, uh, all the citizens of the country, especially those who have an opportunity to uh, be with us uh, online this evening. I want to start by saying that uh, <clears throat> a democracy in our country is now 28 years old. 
and uh, continue to say or go on to say um, it takes a while for democracy to entrench itself in a country, especially a country like ours, uh, which uh, uh, had to arise from ashes of uh, the apartheid era um, and get itself into a uh, real democracy as uh, people were calling for, all of us calling for. So it takes a while for it to uh, settle and uh, um, become entrenched. And uh, democracy depends on um, um, how far it was shaken uh, at the time when it was, uh, but also um, the will of uh, uh, the people uh, to take it further and ensure Reporting in progress. it does get entrenched. Um, now, for this to happen, as uh, we have seen in, in uh, many countries, you need pillars for your democracy to uh, circle and entrench itself. And, uh, and then uh, allow time for it to mature. And uh, I'm happy to say that my own assessment is that South Africa's democr democracy is maturing. Um, but yet, in a way, it's still in, in its early stages. Because in French democracies, you talk about hundreds and hundreds of years, not just 28 years. But uh, it is essential that these pillars uh, be ensured by all the citizens of the country and all other organs that uh, you have these pillars and uh, uh, you assist that these pillars become stronger and stronger as democracy grow. So that should any storm come, they will be able to withstand it. Um, so that it, it, it so that uh, um, that democracy survives. And in the context of ourselves here, we do wish and uh, do want by all means to ensure that the current trajectory of democracy continues and uh, uh, gets to entrench itself. Now, one of the important pillars, uh, other than a growing economy, I mean, for democracy to um, mature and be stronger, is a growing economy, of course. So other than economy uh, or economic growth, other than um, healthy social security, other than preventing crime, is anti-corruption and anti-fraud. <clears throat> because uh, you can never entrench democracy in a country where there is rife uh, corruption and there's rife fraud and, and there's no accountability and it's just a free flow for those who are able to extend their hands to the tills of the nation and still 
and uh, uh, plan, plunder. And therefore, um, it, it's, 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 it's common cause that anti-corruption and anti-fraud um, is one of the pillars of a healthy uh, democracy, as it were. I think that's why uh, South Africa has uh, taken care to um, be a signatory of a number of international conventions, and not just signatory, but also um, active in those uh, uh, conventions internationally, uh, as supervised by the AU or hosted by the by no, no, by the UN, but also in the continent and also in in the subcontinent that is in southern africa we should be proud of this and we should ensure that we are active on all of them as we are at the moment but continue to be um, uh, active so that we assist our own democracy internally uh, so that it uh, it grows and it becomes stronger now it's important to uh, adopt this as individuals, uh, as uh, the public sector, and including as the private sector, so that uh, uh, people benefit, so that there's justice in South Africa, so that there is um, a fairness in the country in terms of distribution of resources as the country may afford. And therefore, um, South Africa did well or has done well even appointing a judge uh, to, uh, in, to, to lead a commission to, uh, to uh, prove um, what was then alleged in the form of Zondo, uh, Judge Zondo, in terms of what was alleged as uh, corruption. And uh, which finally, after doubt and denialism in some cases, finally we have uh, these reports after Judge Zondo and all other people went through uh, a period uh, investigating this, this uh, fraud and corruption. And uh, South Africa has had to pay, uh, in other words, taxpayers have had to pay uh, for all this probe and so on. So it's a very expensive exercise uh, once uh, you, uh, you have allowed corruption. It's very destructive by nature it deprives people of their rights. In this case, in the case of water and sanitation, the constitution of the Republic, for instance, guarantees um, water, access to water to everyone. And it's a right that everybody must enjoy. And it's only when there's no corruption, it's only when there's no fraud, that uh, so many people can actually get access and enjoy this right. Our mantra in water and sanitation is that water is life, and indeed water is life, and sanitation is dignity. And we need to live up to this mantra and up to the uh, constitutional uh, imperatives, as I've referred to it. It is in this context that uh, we requested uh, uh, the meeting after two articles were published in uh, the Daily Maverick, which were written by uh, a journalist called Angus Beck. And from where I sit, 
not only was uh, uh, were the articles uh, uh, decrying uh, uh, corruption, but they were then um, pointing a finger at uh, us, me in particular, the ministry, uh, the DG, and the department that um, we are ignoring corruption. Um, and I'll come to that shortly. We're ignoring it, we're not fighting it, we're not interested in it. Uh, in other words, in the fight against corruption and fraud in the department. But uh, the, the, these articles were written in a manner that uh, from where I sit, um, they lend themselves in a, in, a, in a lot of interpretations. And one such interpretation, if you look at uh, the nuances that are there, the articles lend themselves into what I think was an effort or an attempt on the side of uh, the journalist and with whoever he is working with to use the past corruption sludge in this department, but to flood us. Because uh, the articles are not pointing at corruption that we are doing if there is a perception of facts that point to that. Everything that is said is uh, um, things that have happened in the past. But uh, then uh, we are now accused of uh, various things in relation, but, but in relation to that, uh, those, uh, those uh, corrupt activities in the department. Now, in short, what the journalist is saying is that uh, Minister Mkunu got appointed in August last year. And in a week, um, Minister Mkun, one of the things that he did was uh, to disestablish or dissolve um, an advisory committee that uh, we found there. We found four of them. And uh, in particular, this one uh, called uh, um, the Disciplinary Advisory Committee. Um, which uh, we will uh, deal with in detail shortly. So Minister Mkunu came, found this uh, uh, committee, and according to the journalist, this committee um, had been appointed and was hard at work uh, fighting corruption, producing 2 million files, 90,000 folders, hundreds of thousands of emails and documents, and more than two terabytes of data on an external server. This is what uh, the journalist said. And he then says, uh, after dissolving this, we're not uh, doing anything uh, to prove corruption that this committee was uh, or had either revealed or, or they were revealing. And uh, he goes on to say that uh, um, we uh, were doing this because uh, we are part of the so-called CADA development, CADA 
deployment, myself in particular and the DG. Now, you see, during the apartheid era in um, indigenous African communities, if you wanted uh, somebody to uh, even to be um, uh, killed uh, and to be understood to be horrible, you would say so-and-so is a spy. You would have uh, uh, finished your business with that particular person. And uh, people would then feel free to do whatever they would want to do. And in the context of the ravages of corruption in South Africa, and in the context of the rejection of corruption by millions of people in South Africa, vast majority of people in South Africa, when you say somebody is, is ignoring corruption, it's a very, very, very serious statement. It's a very serious statement, especially um, corruption of this extent. Now, we've had an interview with the journalist and we explained ourselves on this, but then the, shortly thereafter, there was another article along the similar lines, making the same allegations that we had explained and, and, and had gone out of our way to be very thorough in explaining those in terms of what exactly is happening in the department, what has happened on corruption. And so that's why I'm saying um, um, uh, it, it doesn't look like uh, the journalists approached us with an open mind to find out what is happening with corruption. But it was a close mind not to listen to us, but instead continue with uh, whatever that uh, he wanted uh, to say. And in the process, uh, making sure that we are flooded with uh, a, a past uh, corruption sludge, which we have nothing to do with. And it is not even true that we are ignoring any of uh, corruption that is happening, as uh, we will show later on. Not at all. Why would we ignore corruption, especially of this size? He is making references to a whistleblower who is choosing not to blow anything to the law enforcement agencies if we are not trusted, but uh, um, just hide um, uh, with, uh, this, with this uh, whistleblower who is not... Uh, who is not taking all this information to any reliable um, um, law enforcement agents, nor is, is the whistleblower coming to us. But it is, it is kept in a corner, in a dark corner, and it is referred to, to cast doubt on our stance on corruption. And uh, indeed, to say that we are ignoring corruption because we were supposed to be cadres, both myself and the, and the teaching. Now, we're denying this, and we're saying uh, it, it is wrong that we are cast in this, uh, in, the, in, this, in this manner, despite our going out of our way to explain ourselves in facts, not rhetoric. And therefore, we've made this effort to say that uh, we need to account to the portfolio committee and um, 
uh, also to the public because these two articles have been um, uh, read uh, throughout and I think that they have been distributed throughout um, and many people are aware of them. And it is, it is important that we explain ourselves and account in this particular manner. I do want to say, as I, as I, as I uh, call upon uh, the DG uh, to uh, give you the report in detail, that um, um, there is just no way that uh, we will be detracted um, uh, to the content of these uh, articles and, uh, and not concentrate and focus uh, on our work of fighting corruption. We will continue, but we, we, we don't want to take this thing lying um, uh, and, and just take it for granted because of um, the situation in the country, the context of, of, of corruption and the rife problem of corruption generally in the country. And therefore, uh, which, of course, we must hasten to say that people must understand that not everybody is corrupt, even in government. Uh, and therefore, I think there must be, um, uh, 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 what we, 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 we are saying as I sit down is that because the journalist is saying uh, that there are 2 million files, there are uh, 90,000, whatever, whatever, all this information, we're going to pursue this matter, um, uh, taking legal advice, so that uh, even if we can't get access ourselves, because we have written letters um, uh, uh, to um, uh, uh, the committee, because there's obviously a link between this committee I'm supposed to have dissolved and uh, some of the things that are being said about this this, which are, are said to be coming from the whistleblower. We can't fail to see that. And uh, uh, because, because, therefore, the, uh, uh, because of this uh, 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 view that we have, we want to go out of our way and take legal opinion and pursue the matter uh, so that we get this information we do everything in, in our power because we have said we don't have um, what uh, is being said, but we do have what will be uh, presented here. Um, uh, but what I'm saying is that we, we want to pursue this matter and get this information uh, so that the public can know um, what is it that is contained in this two million what and what and what uh, uh, two million um, uh, 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 files, ninety thousand folders, hundreds of thousands, we need to get this information, and the public needs to know and get access to this, so that we can see what is it that we are ignoring that is in in this. And uh, legal opinion, if it takes us to court, we will pursue the matter in court, so that finally we get uh, to the bottom of this matter because it's so serious. At this stage, uh, I want to call the um, DG uh, to uh, give us this report or to present this report uh, of the department and ourselves, all of us, um, 
about uh, the state of uh, the department in relation to uh, corruption and measures that are being taken against corruption. Not this thing that we are ignoring corruption as would be seen clearly in the presentation. Thank you very much, Dr. Phillips. Thank you, DG, Minister. DG, avoid yes. uh, uh, being so wild, like the minister said, to give us information and, and, BB, uh, and, and to the point. It will help us to get factual, factual things. And I understand the response of the the, 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 the minister is, is opening space for you that when you talk, fill the gaps in between. So please do fill the gaps as he has opened up for you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I'll do so. Um, I've uh, loaded the presentation. Is it visible? Yes, it is. Okay, thank you. The contents of our presentation, firstly, I'm going to briefly summarize the allegations made in the Daily Maverick articles referred to by the Minister. Secondly, I'm going to um, give facts about the advisory committees appointed by the former Minister. Then I'm going to um, talk about the status of the disciplinary cases referred to in the Daily Maverick articles. I'm going to briefly cover what's happened with disciplinary cases related to financial misconduct in DWS over the past 10 years. I'm then going to uh, talk about the status of financial misconduct cases referred to DWS by the Special Investigating Unit, and also the status of cases referred to the SA Police Service by the Department for Criminal Investigations, the status of the forensic investigations by the Department's Internal Audit Unit, um, in the letter of invitation to this meeting, Chairperson, you indicated we should also talk about the impact of fraud and corruption on water and sanitation service delivery. So we've included a couple of slides about that. And then finally, we go into the conclusions. So in this slide and the next slide, I've just summarized the key points made by um, the journalist in the Daily Maverick articles. The articles indicate that, that the journalist, Mr. Begg, is in possession of documents that reveal details of officials' complicity in corruption and financial mismanagement related to water and sanitation projects running into tens of billions of rands over a decade. They also indicate that a whistleblower frustrated by a lack of action against more than 65 top officials in the Department of Water and Sanitation who were implicated in widespread corruption has given the journalist access to reports. They indicate that according to the whistleblower, former Minister Susulu's response was to institute a DWS disciplinary committee. And I've put sick there because that is what the journalist refers to this committee as, a disciplinary committee. But actually, I was, I, as I will indicate shortly, it wasn't actually a disciplinary committee, which was tasked with taking disciplinary action against officials implicated in the forensic investigation reports. The articles also indicate that there were roughly 65 official charge sheets, either produced or in review by the department's disciplinary committee after an investigation lasting almost two years. The articles also allege that within a week, the incumbent DWS minister, that is Minister Mkunu, came in and closed down the disciplinary committee and its work. And they indi indicate that in disbanding the disciplinary committee, Mkunu and the department have chosen to ignore the investigation into his corruption-riddled department, 
effectively closing the book on two years digging by a multidisciplinary forensic investigation team, which is uh, what the journalist called the uh, disciplinary advisory committee appointed by the former minister, um, which set out a plan for the clean rinsing of the department. The articles also indicate that many questions remain for Mkhunu, among them why the disciplinary committee's two million files were not handed to the SIU, and what happened to the 65 cases involving senior officials implicated in the leaked documents produced by the disciplinary committee investigations. The articles further allege that the Director General's requesting, that is, um, Mr. Beck sent me questions, and in my, in my response, I requested that Mr. Beck share the leaked documents with me. And uh, the articles allege that by requesting that, the Director General of the Department of Water and Sanitation is thus asking the Daily Maverick for details of an investigation that his own department carried out. The leadership of an entire government department at the highest level has ignored and mislaid 36 million worth of critical in-depth investigations conducted by their own departments. Articles further indicate that Nkunu and Phillips should both, with the latter having this week confirmed that the department is committed to proper consequence management for financial misconduct, answer why they didn't pick up where the investigation had left off, ready to pursue their colleagues and comrades through the remaining trusted legal channels available to them. Chairperson, as will be illustrated in the following slides, these allegations are misinformed, misleading, and provide an inaccurate description of the roles and responsibilities of the disciplinary advisory committee appointed by the former minister, where it obtained its information from, and what has occurred with investigations since the term of the disciplinary advisory committee came to an end with the end of the term of the former minister. Chairperson, um, in November 2019, the former minister appointed a committee an advisory committee called a Stabilization and Efficient Functioning of the Water Sector Committee for the purpose of advising her and the DG on, on amongst other things, general HR and labor relation matters, including the fast tracking of outstanding pending and new disciplinary cases. These, uh, the members of this committee were appointed in, in terms of Section 99 of the National Water Act which uh, empowers the water, Minister of Water and Sanitation to appoint advisory committees. That committee consisted of 14 members. On the 7th of December 2020, the former minister disestablished the Stabilisation Committee and appointed a new committee called the Disciplinary Advisory Committee, which comprised of seven members, appointed, also appointed in terms of Section 99 of the National Water Act. The members of that disciplinary advisory committee were Ms. S. Shabangu, Advocate J. Delonga, Ms. W. Dukuza, Mr. D. M. Gaga, Mr. S. Mbacha, Ms. M. Mokwena, and Mr. R. Sabia. The former minister also appointed three other remunerated committees between 2019 and 2021, including the National Rapid Response Task Team, the Water Advisory Committee, and Water Services Committee. And all of these committees were either appointed in terms of Section 99 of the National Water Act or in terms of Section 76 of the Water Services Act, which also um, empowers the Minister of Water and Sanitation to appoint remunerated advisory committees. 
The disciplinary advisory committee had a terms of reference, which was approved by the former minister. And that terms of reference stated that its role was to support and advise the minister and director general on investigations into maladministration, fraud and corruption, audit findings, and any other misconduct related matters on outstanding investigations and disciplinary cases with the view of ensuring that these cases are finalized, to attend to the backlog of cases as identified by the Auditor General with the view of urgently removing the backlog of cases, to ensure the provision of security to those providing evidence when required, um, and uh, also to support and advise on media and communication with regards to investigation, disciplinary matters and ethical behavior within the water sector, and to support and advise regarding legal related matters in relation to investigation, discipline, communication and integrity related matters. Chairperson, the key point here is that it must be emphasized that the role of the disciplinary advisory committee was to support and advise the minister and director general. So the allegation in the Daily Maverick article that it was a disciplinary committee tasked with taking disciplinary action against officials is not true. It was tasked with supporting and advising the Minister and Director General. In fact, in terms of the prescripts governing discipline in the public service, it would have been illegal for an outside advisory committee to play the role of implementing uh, discipline within the department and taking disciplinary action against officials. After its appointment, the department provided the disciplinary advisory committee a list with a list of all 63 of the current disciplinary cases, which were current at that time. Most of those cases had emanated from Auditor General findings, as well as investigations conducted, <coughs> excuse me, by the Chief Directorate Internal Audits Forensic Audit Forensic Unit, the Chief Directorate Risk Management, as well as the Special Investigating Unit. So, here I must emphasize, Chairperson, that the department provided the disciplinary committee with information on this 63 disciplinary cases which it was dealing with at the time. Of those 63 cases, 18 of them were at senior management level and 45 of them were below senior management level. Although we still don't have the information that Mr. Beck uh, refers to in his articles, it appears that these are the roughly 65 cases referred to in the Daily Maverick articles. They were not cases identified by the Disciplinary Advisory Committee. They were cases that the department was already working on, which were reported by the department to the Disciplinary Advisory Committee. And the role of that Disciplinary Advisory Committee was to monitor the ongoing implementation of disciplinary processes by the department, not to implement the disciplinary processes. And on an ongoing basis, the department shared its progress with the implementation of disciplinary cases with the Disciplinary Advisory Committee. And the role of the Disciplinary Advisory Committee was limited to engaging with the department's progress reports and providing the department and minister with advice and recommendations. This table summarizes the cases provided by the department to the Disciplinary Advisory Committee. You can see from the table that they weren't all related to financial misconduct, some related to, uh, some related to issues such as negligence or, or insolent behavior or insubordination in, in addition to uh, issues related to financial misconduct. In January 2021, when these cases were provided to the Disciplinary Advisory Committee, 
They were in the form of findings from investigations um, which required disciplinary processes to be initiated. Turning to the costs of the advisory committees appointed by the former minister, the, the remuneration in respect of the st stabilization and disciplinary advisory committees was uh, over a three-year period, leading, uh, ending in the 21-22 financial year, was 14.7 million for the stabilization committee and 6.98 million for the disciplinary advisory committee. The disciplinary advisory committee members were appointed by the former minister on a part-time basis for a maximum of eight hours per day and 15 working days per month, paid on an hourly basis based on monthly reports and timesheets with descriptions of work done. The contracts in, uh, of the members of the committee indicated that they were remunerated for advice, support, preparatory work, sitting fees, and subsequent reporting, not for taking disciplinary action um, as indicated in the Daily Maverick articles. The chairperson and deputy chairperson of the Disciplinary Advisory Committee were paid 1,191 Rand per hour, and the other members of the committee were paid 871 Rand per hour. The, the, this table shows the total cost of all five of the advisory committees appointed by the former minister over those three financial years with the, all five committees in total costing the department 63.5 million. The 36 million referred to in the Daily Maverick articles appears to refer to the cost of all the advisory committees appointed by the former minister for the 2020-2021 financial year, including the Water Advisory Committee, the Water Services Committee, and the National Res uh, Rapid Response Task Team, in addition to the stabilization and the disciplinary advisory committees. The term of the appointments of the members of the Disciplinary Advisory Committee was linked to the previous minister's term of office, which is always the case with ministerial advisory committees. And the tenure of the committee terminated in August 2021, when the previous minister's term of office ended. Minister Mkhunu decided not to renew the term of office of the Disciplinary Advisory Committee for several reasons. Firstly, it was expensive to maintain these committees, and the expenditure on the Disciplinary Advisory Committee was not commensurate with the value that it added. The Disciplinary Advisory Committee was provided with information about disciplinary cases by the department and then provided the minister and DG with support and advice regarding the information. However, the department is already there to provide the minister and DG with support and advice. Secondly, the disciplinary process processes were being implemented by the department anyway, in terms of the legal prescripts governing disciplinary process in processes in the public service. And thirdly, the department has a statutory independent audit committee and a statutory independent risk management committee, both of which are also remunerated. And the roles of the audit committee and the independent risk management committee also include monitoring the implementation of disciplinary cases for financial misconduct. And there was therefore duplication with uh, remunerated committees. Minister Nkhunu received a handover report from the former minister, which included a summary of 41 disciplinary cases. This was a summary of the current disciplinary cases in August 2021 in the, at that handover time. And those 41 uh, were part of the 63, which I referred to um, earlier, which the department provided to the former minister to include in her handover report.
At the time, Minister Mkhunu requested a full report from the Disciplinary Advisory Committee, but this was never provided to him. The acting DG of the department in August 2021 also wrote to the former chairperson of the Disciplinary Advisory Committee, requesting her to submit a handover report in respect of work that had been done by the Disciplinary Advisory Committee, but no response or report has been received to date. I again wrote to the former chairperson of the Disciplinary Advisory Committee on the 3rd of May this year, requesting the report. And since no response was received, I've now sent a letter of demand to the former chairperson of the Disciplinary Advisory Committee requesting the report. We now turn to the status of the 63 cases, which appear to be the cases referred to in the Daily Maverick uh, articles. Of the 41 disciplinary cases summarized in the hand handover report from the former minister to Minister Nkunu in August 2021, 21 have since been finalized. As of 30 April 2022, 20 of these cases were still being attended to and are in various stages of finalization. If you look at the total of 63 cases, 43 of them have been concluded as follows. Six were not finalized or could not be finalized because the employees either resigned or retired. Three were withdrawn due to a lack of evidence or whether representations by employees were sufficient, were not sufficient, sorry, were insufficient to pursue disciplinary action. One employee was found not guilty and 33 cases have been found guilty through disciplinary processes and the sanctions implemented are listed in the table, including four dismissals, eight uh, suspensions without pay, five final written warnings and nine written warnings. Just to put this table in context and to explain why there's a range of sanctions, discipline in the public service is regulated by the disciplinary code for salary levels one to 12 and chapter seven of the SMS handbook for senior managers. These regulatory frameworks prescribe the following approaches to the application of discipline in the public service. Firstly, that the application of discipline must be applied progressively, i.e. going from corrective counseling through to verbal warnings, written warnings, final written warnings, and then formal disciplinary action. The department may, may decide on the relevant disciplinary process, whether formal or informal, and, uh, and whether uh, uh, discipline such as counseling or formal disciplinary action, depending on the seriousness of the allegations. Pre-disciplinary process must include an alti alteram partum process, which offers the alleged offender the opportunity to provide a response to the allegations. And based on that response, consideration must then be given to concluding as to whether or not to proceed or to conclude the disciplinary process. The disciplinary process may result in a range of possible sanctions, ranging from warning to dismissal. And in, an in a formal inquiry, the disciplinary process must be conducted by an independent presiding officer, wherein the alleged offender must be afforded sufficient time to prepare for the inquiry, must be allowed to be duly represented if they wish to do so, and has the right to challenge the employer's case, and if found guilty to plead in mitigation of sentence on an appropriate sanction. And we have been stringently following those prescribed processes for all of these 63 cases. Looking back over a longer term period, the department has had 147 uh, misconduct cases involving employees since 2013. 
and 118 had, of, their, of those had been finalized by the 30th of April, 2022. Um, at that time, 29 were still in process. Nine employees resigned during the disciplinary process, which, and those nine are included in the 118 which have been finalized. Um, and of the 118 that have been finalized, two cases were not pursued due, lack, due to a lack of evidence. One was found not guilty, and 115 were found guilty with a range of types of sanctions. And by the way, during this period, the department had five different ministers and seven different DGs or acting DGs. And during this time, the department has also been fully cooperating with all the SIU investigations and has been handing over all relevant information to the SIU. When, when officials leave the department after being accused or during a disciplinary process, when an official is transferred to another department while there's still a pending disciplinary matter, the case is transferred to the new department for them to conclude the disciplinary process. When an official has been disciplined and has been dismissed, the details of such a dismissal are captured on personal, which alerts other departments should they wish to appoint such an official in future. It is an automatic block on the system and the head of department of the other department would have to override that to make a decision to appoint such an official. When an official resigns whilst there's still a pending disciplinary matter, there's no further action that can be taken on the, taken on the disciplinary side, but that official can be pursued through civil and criminal court. And you will see in the uh, slides which are coming that we've reserved that we have referred quite a number of cases um, to the SAPS for criminal investigations. Turning now to the status of disciplinary cases referred by the Special Investigating Unit. And the sources of the information in the following slides um, are partly from a presentation made by the SIU to the Minister and to the Department, including myself in March 2022 and also our own DWS disciplinary process records. Before we get into the actual SIU investigations and reports, perhaps I should just briefly recap the process that the SIU uh, goes through. Firstly, it receives or follows up on allegations and it can receive um, uh, information about allegations of corruption from any sources. It assesses and verifies those allegations and the evidence and where necessary, on the basis of its initial um, assessment, it then motivates for a proclamation to the president and the SIU powers become active once the proclamation is published. Um, SIU reports can result in different types of action, including civil litigation instituted in the SIU's name. Um, the SIU also refers evidence of criminality to the National Prosecuting Authority and Asset Forfeiture Unit. Evidence of misconduct is referred to the accounting officer, and evidence of other transgressions is also referred to other relevant authorities, including SARS, for example. We are collaborating with the SIU on an ongoing basis. There are monthly meetings between the head of the SIU responsible for their water and sanitation investigations and our department. Now, our department is led in those meetings by our DDG for Corporate Services, who's also in charge of the internal audit unit, the legal unit, and the risk management units, who are also represented in those meetings. Um, the SIU on an ongoing basis provides us with additional requests for information related to their investigations. 
And sometimes we give them that information immediately during the meeting. And, the, and um, we also provide uh, the SIU with progress reports and the disciplinary processes. The SIU is very uh, concerned that we do make pro progress with the disciplinary process. And if it feels that we don't, they raise that strongly with us and they also raise it with the minister. To date, three um, SIU investigations have been completed related to DWS and its entities. Firstly, proclamation number R35 of 2008 related to allegations at the Mkhatuzi Water Board. Secondly, proclamation number R54 of 2012 related to various allegations at the department. And thirdly, R54 of 2012 extension, was, which was an extension of number two related to the Vawani pipeline project by the Department of Water Affairs. The outcome of the first one was that a criminal case was referred to law enforcement and the officials resigned. The outcome of the second one um, was 58 different referrals. And I'll come just now to the referrals related to uh, consequence management for DWS. Um, there was also a criminal case referred to law enforcement and there was some recovery of funds. And with regard to the third one, there was also an NPA referral and a disciplinary referral. This slide provides the details of um, the uh, SIU report into allegations at the Mkhatuzi Water Board related to um, uh, procurement. And the outcome was that a criminal case of fraud and corruption was opened against an employee. Um, a criminal case uh, was also opened against some of the board members. Uh, the, the, uh, those uh, criminal uh, investigations are, are underway, uh, and three implicated employees of the Inkratuzi Water Board uh, resigned prior to the completion of the uh, SIU investigation. With regard to R54 of 2012, uh, the various allegations at the department. Um, uh, the investigations were completed and they were presented to the president. Uh, 58 different referrals were made in, the, in respect of the investigations, 28 of which were criminal referrals, 13 were VAT referrals, and 17 were disciplinary referrals. Turning to those 17 disciplinary referrals, the, for, the following slides get, uh, go through each of the disciplinary referrals. Members have this presentation. We sent it together with the articles of uh, in the, published in the Daily Maverick. Um, there's 15 covered here. The reason for that is that three of the referrals related to one individual, and that's why we are covering 15 cases here rather than 17. Um, so the table shows the, the official's rank, um, the, the charges, and the status of the disciplinary action for each case. Um, so for the first case, the charges related to mismanagement of um, state finances and violation of the code of conduct. Um, uh, and in this case, pursuant to uh, the Audi Alturum process, the acting DG accepted that there was no mismanagement of state funds and the official had procedurally disclosed her interest in the company and the charges were not pursued and the case was closed. With regard to this, the second case, the charges related to fraud and the official was dismissed from the department. With regard to the third case, the charges related to failure to disclose interest in a company. And again, pursuant to an Audi Alterum process, um, the acting DG accepted in 2010 
that the official was not an SMS member and therefore the rule was not applicable to her at that time. Uh, and um, she provided proof of resignation in 2010, which was only press processed by the um, CIPC in 2015. So the acting DG at the time decided not to pursue the matter further. With regard to the fourth case, the charges related to fraud, the official resigned from the department before finalization of the matter. With regard from the, of the, to the fifth case, which also related to fraud, the official resigned from the department. Uh, with regard to the sixth case, which also related to, to, to fraud, the official was given a, a final written warning after making representation, representation to the department as to why a formal disciplinary action should, should uh, not be instituted against her. With regard to the seventh case, which related to fraud, the official was found guilty and sanctioned with a final written warning and three months suspension without pay. With regard to the eighth case, which related to fraud, the official resigned. With regard to the ninth case, which related to conflict of interest, it was discovered that actually um, the official was, was a handyman employed in their former job um, and, and not a, a company director and their signature had been fraudulently acquired um, to, to make out as though uh, um, the official was a company director for BE purposes. And so the acting DG at the time elected not to pursue the charges against that official. With regard to the 10th case, the charges related to dis dishonesty and fraud, the official resigned. The SIU traced the official and disciplinary was referred to the HOD at the Department of Social Development where the employee was em employed. With regard to the 11th case, the, um, the charge was fraud. Um, uh, and in that case, um, it was wrongly referred to us. It was not an official of DWS, but the SIU has traced the official and disciplinary was referred to the HOD at the other department. With regard to the 12th case, the charge related to dishonesty, fraud, and financial misconduct, the official was given a final written warning after making representation to the department as to why formal, formal disciplinary action should not be instituted against her. With regard to the 13th case, which related to dishonesty and fraud, the official was again given a final written warning after making representation. With regard to the 14th case, which related to dishonesty and fraud, the case has been finalized and the official was issued with the final written warning. With regard to the, uh, the 15th case, which related to dishonesty and fraud and financial misconduct, the official submitted representations to the department. Uh, the official was not charged and based on a lack of evidence, the department did not pursue the matter and the matter was closed. With regard to the extension of uh, SIU proclamation R54 related to the Vuwani pipeline, um, there were uh, SIU observations um, uh, indicating that um, the, there were some problems with the way that the project had man was managed. The outcomes were that the NPA was, uh, some evidence was referred to the NPA relating to fraud. Um, there was a disciplinary referral uh, pointing towards possible misconduct of the DDG at the water trading entity. The disciplinary hearing was finalized and the official was found not guilty. But the DWS has filed a review application at the labor court to challenge this finding from the disciplinary hearing. Uh, the misconduct involved gross negligence. Three SARS referrals were made. 
and also um, referrals were made to the Construction Industry Development Board. The SIU is also currently still in process with seven investigations into DWS and its entities. The first one being Proclamation R22 of 2016, related to um, a contract awarded to LT Consulting by Lapeli Northern Water. The second relates is R27 of 2019, which is um, a contract awarded to Blackhead uh, by Lapeli Northern Water. The third is contracts awarded by DWS to SAP, Proclamation R27. The fourth is Proclamation R28, uh, related to the Tugela Khudetro water scheme. The fifth is Proclamation R4, related to Umgeni water. And the sixth is Proclamation R33 of 2021, related to contracts awarded to EOH. Before going into the referrals coming out of these current investigations, it should just be noted that the SIU does refer evidence pointing towards misconduct or criminal conduct as soon as such evidence, as soon as it becomes aware of such evidence, to allow the accounting officer to take immediate action. It doesn't necessarily wait for its reports to be finalized before making referrals. So with regard to the first one, um, uh, the, with regard to uh, Mopani water and the wastewater emergency intervention, the allegation is that no procurement processes were followed. And the outcomes has been that the SIU has issued summons in the High Court. Civil litigation action has been taken to set aside the contract to a value of 4.1 billion. Um, the SIU has concluded that the contract was unlawfully and irregularly concluded. Sorry. Uh, with regard to Proclamation R22, um, uh, the SIU has referred evidence to the CIDB, which is conducting an investigation. Disciplinary referral has been made in respect of the Lapeli Northern Water CEO who later resigned before the disciplinary hearing could be held. Um, an NPA referral is made, has also been made regarding the former CEO for contravening the PFMA. Um, and a, a disciplinary referral has been made against the manager planning at LNW as well. The manager was charged with misconduct and the disciplinary hearing began in March 2022 and is still underway. The, this uh, investigation has been finalized by the SIU, which is currently finalizing the, its report to, the, for the, to be submitted to the presidency. With regard to Proclamation 27 of 2019, related to the raising of the Tsanin Dam wall. The allegation is corruption. Preliminary findings of the SIU are that the uh, procurement process was not fair or competitive, um, and that there appears to be a relationship between uh, two of the companies, which is improper, but the investigation is still ongoing. Um, with regard to Proclamation R27 of 2018, which is, relates to contracts awarded by DWS to SAP, the allegation is that the purchasing of the SAP licenses for more than 500 million rand uh, without, was done without correct attendant processes and resulted in the payment of 35 million rand in kickbacks. On the 15th of March this year, the special tribunal ordered that the 2015 and 2016 contracts valued at just over a billion rand were declared constitutionally invalid and set aside. The court further ordered that SAP repay an amount of 413 million 
which represents the total amount received pursuant to the 15 and 2016 contracts. Less than an amount of 68 uh, million, roughly, owing to SAP for yearly maintenance fees in terms of the 2012 agreement. And there's a disputed amount of 83 million for third party costs incurred by SAP, um, which uh, is, is still needs to be adjudicated. But, uh, Chairperson, I'm pleased to be able to indicate that 263 million has already been repaid to the DWS. It was repaid to us in March 2022. It's in our bank account as a result of this action by the SIU. And we've also saved um, further funds, which make up the 691 indicated here, because the, uh, the rest of the contracts have been put in abeyance. With regard to Proclamation uh, R28, related to the Tugela Kruditro water scheme. The allegation is that there's been unlawful or improper conduct by officials. Um, the initial findings are um, that the appointed service provider was not on a panel of professional service providers. Uh, the, the service provider was appointed on the pretense of an emergency, which was not justifiable. Um, and that the appointed service provider uh, was paid an amount uh, before the project was completed. I think this investigation is, is still underway and that's why no referrals have been done yet. Um, with regard to R4 of 2019, related to a variety of projects in Umgeni water, the allegations relate to maladministration and corruption. The outcomes so far have been that a, a referral has been made to the National Prosecuting Authority against 57 different individuals and entities. Um, and uh, referrals have also been made to the asset forfeiture unit in respect to 45 individuals and entities. Um, and the potential outcomes are that five disciplinary referrals will be made to Ongeni Water. Sorry, have been made to Ongeni Water. And Ongeni Water has finalized disciplinary process for, processes for these referrals. And this resulted in warning letters being issued to the officials. Uh, and uh, the SIU is also pursuing 45 administrative actions um, for, uh, 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 related to the Treasury database of restricted suppliers. The investigation is complete according to the SIU and it's in the final report, reporting phase. All the matters referred to the NPA have been actioned and dockets have been opened. Um, and the report should be submitted to the president shortly. With regard to Proclamation R33, where four related to four contracts awarded to EOH, the allegations that the contracts were awarded irregularly, that the value of the contracts were inflated and unnecessarily varied and included additional scope of works, that the EOH paid large sums of money to subcontractors who allegedly did not perform any work on the contractors, who were disguised as enterprise development partners, that there were unusual and irregular upfront payments on the contracts, et cetera. And the SIU indicate that this investigation is still underway, so referrals haven't been made yet. The SIU has also indicated to us that it's also investigating currently some additional investigations which haven't yet become proclaimed SIU cases, including allegations related to Lepeli Northern Water Board's draft relief projects, and in this case, the SIU has assessed the allegations and has applied to the president for proclamation. Uh, with regard to the Amatola Water Board, there are also allegations regarding um, drought relief projects. And uh, again, 
the SIU has applied to the president for a proclamation. And uh, the SIU has indicated to us that it's aware of various allegations and concerns voiced in the media and elsewhere regarding the war and leaks program, the dropper block program, and the city being waterboard. And again, the SIU has assessed these allegations and has applied to the president for a proclamation to investigate. Turning to civil recoveries by the SIU, this slide provides information on all the successful civil recoveries that have been made uh, and, the, and this, 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 the status, sorry, not the successful recoveries, the, 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 the actions taken by the SIU to institute civil recoveries. So in the first one, um, the accused was seven, sentenced to seven years imprisonment, but there was no recovery as his business was liquidated and he was in jail. On the second one, the SIU continued to monitor the monthly installment of these monies and has successfully recovered 5.8 million rand for DWS. On the third one, the special tribunal ordered, this is the one that I talked about and the one that we've received money already. Um, on this fourth one, R54, related to the Vuani pipeline, um, this uh, is still in, in process um, in court, as you can see from the report here. Then I'd like to turn, Chairperson, to the status of cases referred to SAPS by the Department for Criminal Investigations. You can see in these slides here that we've um, submitted 22 cases to the South African Police Service for criminal investigations related to fraud and corruption uh, in the department including some which were referred uh, since the appointment of Minister Mkhunu um, in August last year. Um, I won't go through every single case in the interest of time, Chairperson. Um, the honourable members um, and uh, people in the meeting uh, can read them in the presentation. Um, suffice to say that there are quite a large number of cases that we've uh, uh, referred to the SAPS. Um, on, on some of them, there's been progress, but generally, um, we would have hoped that there would have been more progress in terms of um, uh, uh, action being taken against the people and investigations being completed and people being charged and having to go to court. Um, and um, we are engaging with the SAPS regarding progress, and I have requested a meeting with my counterpart in the SAPS to, to to talk to the SAPS about progress with these cases with a view to seeing if they can be expedited and prioritized. Turning to the status of the forensic investigations by the department's own internal audit unit. 123 forensic investigations have been carried out by our own internal audit unit between 1920 and 21-22. 88 of the allegations were confirmed to be true, while 35 were unfounded. 20 of them are still under investigation, and 18 have not yet been investigated, but investigations will commence soon. The finalized cases were referred to um, either the employee, in some cases, one or more of these, either employee relations to take disciplinary action against the officials, the SAPs and the Hawks for criminal investigation or legal services in the department for civil recovery in instances where the department has suffered financial loss. 
The cases um, have resulted in sanctions against the transgression across a range of different types of sanctions. And these cases have resulted in an amount of 996,883 rand being recovered through civil recovery processes um, and a judgment of 27 million in favor of the department. We also try and uh, address um, the uh, awareness of the department and the culture in the department with regard to fraud and corruption. And our internal audit unit has conducted 65 different fraud and anti-fraud and anti-corruption uh, awareness sessions during that period of 1920 to 21-22 uh, in the department. So this slide um, uh, summarizes um, the outcomes of forensic investigations um, and um, uh, the, the outcomes of disciplinary action emanating for, from forensic inve investigations over the last 10 years. Um, so uh, uh, nine officials have been found guilty, uh, three officials not found guilty, 10 resignations, and the sanctions implemented are shown in the, in the following table. Including, including uh, various types of the range of sanctions. Slide, Chairperson, uh, uh, I'm nearing the end now. Um, um, as indicated, you requested us to, to also talk about the impact of fraud and corruption on water and sanitation service delivery. As indicated by the minister, the impact of fraud and corruption is profound. Money that could be used to meet the urgent needs in society is, is is taken elsewhere, um, which results in social and health impacts. Um, and we can see on the ground the results of this, including water not coming out of the taps, the quality of the water coming out of the taps, in some places not being meeting standards, pollution in the rivers from ill-maintained uh, wastewater treatment systems, um, people not having safe, safe water in their homes. Um, there's a reduction in the quantity of public resources available for redistribution. Um, infrastructure projects are not well implemented if the procurement processes aren't done properly, um, and they can be much more expensive and take much more longer than, much longer than they were supposed to take. Um, uh, bribery and extortion at the point of delivery can render public services unaffordable for a large segment of the population, and it's usually the poorest people who feel the impact of corrupt, fraud and corruption the most. Because um, uh, when funds are scarce, any fraud or corruption diverts money from public purposes, and it's the poorest people who need that public money the most. Um, I think I've covered these reasons as well. So in summary and conclusion, Chairperson, it is untrue that the department is not been, has not been pursuing the disciplinary cases referred to in the Daily Maverick articles. The articles are an inaccurate description of the roles and responsibilities of the disciplinary advisory committee appointed by the former minister, where it obtains its information from, and what has occurred with investigations since the term of the disciplinary advisory committee came to an end with the term of the former minister. In fact, the Disciplinary Advisory Committee had no legal authority to act as a disciplinary committee in terms of public service prescripts regulating disciplinary action. And the Disciplinary Advisory Committee actually obtained its initial information on the roughly 65 
in fact, 63 cases referred to in the articles. It obtained that information from the department. And the department has continued to pursue all these disciplinary processes related to all the cases which were referred to the Disciplinary Advisory Committee. As indicated earlier, the department had finalized 22 of the 63 cases by the time that Minister Mkunu became minister. Of the 41 remaining cases summarized in the handover report from the former minister to Minister Mkunu in August 2021, 21 have since been finalized, which shows that it cannot be true that the department has not been doing anything about these cases since Minister Mkunu became minister in August 2021. As of the 30th of April 2022, the remaining 20 cases were still being attended to and are in various stages of finalization. Of the total of 63 cases, 43 cases have been concluded as follows. Six were not finalized because the employees either resigned or retired. Three were withdrawn to a lack of, due to a lack of evidence or where the representations by employees were sufficient to not pursue disciplinary action. One was found not guilty and 33 cases have been found guilty through disciplinary processes, resulting in five counseling, two verbal warning, nine written warning, five final written warning, eight suspension without pay, and four dismissals. In total, 270 million rand has been recovered, and an additional 622 million has been saved by the department since 2014 as a result of civil, legal, and criminal actions resulting from cases of corruption and financial misconduct. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, thank you very much, uh, DG. Um, I I will want to open up for people to ask questions if they do, but I will uh, unless Minister, you want to say something that you 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 think we did uh, was left before we engage. Uh, yes, Chair. Um, it's merely to say uh, emphasize that. The 36 million that uh, the journalist referred to was actually in the form of salaries, as TG has said, not the impression created in the article that uh, it cost uh, the taxpayers 36 million uh, on investigative work. It was salaries for the for the committees, and the. Uh, and, and the journalist persists to say, I said the handover was vapor when I said it was virtual. And I know what I'm talking about. It, uh, it, there was nothing vapor, it was virtual. It was a, a virtual meeting. And uh, the last two, I, I need to say um, uh, to the comment and everybody on the platform. When we came in in August last year, there was no DG. There was only an acting teacher. We now have a fully fledged director general from January this year. Number two, we did not have a CFO. We had an acting CFO. We now have a fully appointed CFO. Number three, we didn't have a DTG corporate services. We now have a fully appointed DTG corporate services. Number four, we didn't have DTG 
water services, water um, services management. I'm happy to say that from yesterday, uh, cabinet approved the appointment of um, uh, uh, the, the, the DTG uh, in water services uh, management. And we're negotiating with former employer that it starts on the 1st of June uh, this year. We didn't have DTG regulations, compliance and enforcement. And I'm happy to announce that from yesterday, cabinet uh, approved the outcome of interviews and, we'll, and uh, we are pushing that the, the, um, the DTG starts on the 1st of, uh, of uh, June this year. The only thing we're remaining with now is a case of, is a disciplinary case which were finalized uh, pertaining to the DTG infrastructure. We found the case uh, ongoing. We have uh, been monitoring and pushing. It has been finalized. It's now at mitigation level and we're hoping for outcomes very soon so that we have a full complement of the DTG. As soon as we conclude this case, we'll advertise and uh, then start working. Uh, as you see, Chair, whether it was uh, forensic, forensic, no, whether it was internal uh, cases, whether it was cases done by SAPS or by Hawks there or by SIU, there's no case that we have uh, shuffled, that we have ignored, nothing like that. All we have done is uh, to monitor. Uh, uh, make sure that we are aware of what is happening and have meetings with the various uh, uh, people who are, or bodies that are doing investigations internally and externally. And I want to say finally that, that um, um, this also goes to boards. All these cases is either by SIU or, or by, by uh, uh, SUBS, some of them have to do with, and if you look at it, this is why I said one day, the department looks like a police station if you look at cases, the number of cases, even though we cover 10 years. But each year, if you look at it, we've had many cases, and even now there are many cases. And I said one day, our department, this makes our department look like a police station in terms of uh, dockers and cases. But none of them are being shuffled or ignored. Uh, instead, uh, we, we, we are aware of them and, and are dealing with them. What we don't have, Chair, is, uh, is this two million files. What we don't have is uh, that, that are alleged in the, in, the, in the file, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the articles. What we don't have are these 90,000 folders, et cetera, et cetera. This is what I'm saying. We, we are seriously looking at that matter because I don't know what kind of a person would stay with uh, uh, issues of corruption and then prefer to just article them and article them uh, and not actually get them channeled via uh, authorities that uh, deal with criminality uh, in the country. And instead, then blame us and then point the finger and ask on things that we don't know. What we know we're dealing with and are dealing with decisively. Um, but we can't deal with things that we don't know. And uh, it's not because we are ignoring. We just don't know. And there's a difference. And so 
we, we don't want uh, um, uh, this thing to continue, that uh, we, 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 we are accused of um, uh, 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 ignoring uh, criminality in the department without uh, any evidence uh, whatsoever, uh, credible evidence. At this stage, okay. uh, maybe if we could allow... Let's, uh, let, let's, let, let's hear people to engage. Maybe they will want to give you that proof. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, on, the, on the portal, um, there is two hands. Let me just, to you say, uh, members of the committee, we have got a, a record 100 participants in the, in the portal. So you, you, we, we really uh, um, have gone far beyond uh, the numbers that we normally have. We have got the Honorable Basson, um, and we had, um, yes, Emma Powell, good, good evening. Are you still here? Hi, Mr. Mateo. <laughs> nice to see you. Nice to see you. Okay, nice to see you. I'm visiting I'm your honorable... I've got questions. <laughs> Honorable, Honorable Emma Powell, uh, Honorable Rebecca Motala, Honorable Kumbuzo Mpanza, uh, Honorable Nancy Swai, for now. Manuel um, Basson, sir. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Good evening, Minister, DG, and all colleagues uh, and media on, on this um, Zoom meeting. Um, firstly, uh, Minister, thank you very much for being open uh, with the committee. And DG, thank you for a comprehensive report. Now, I am fortunate that I've been a member of Wharton Sanitation since 2014. And most of these cases that you have mentioned today have been before the previous portfolio committee, the SIU, um, have met um, with the previous portfolio committee several times, giving us updates on all these um, corruption allegations. I think the biggest problem that we have, uh, uh, Minister, and the DJ has mentioned it that he will have a meeting with his counterpart in SAP of SAPD, is that these cases being dragged out now for many years, and and you come in as a new minister, and now you've got to face the music of something that happened uh, prior to uh, 2014. I would like really like us to get to a point where we can finalize all these cases. And unfortunately, if there's litigation, it could take years. I'm happy to see that there's a lot of these cases that's been finalized and dealt with. Um, but I'm interested in, in, in only one case, and maybe I've missed it somewhere. On the SAP case, uh, I would like to know on the SAP case, the kickback. Uh, where that money went and, and is that money going to be um, paid back uh, or is that the loss of SAP? Because if SAP paid that kickback, it's their loss. But it would be interesting to know who, has, who received that kickback, uh, whether it's someone in the department or uh, politicians that have received this. 
but furthermore, I, I would say that, yes, the media will be on our case. Uh, it should be transparent. And I think you have opened now and it is transparent. Uh, there could still be a lot of cases that is still not been investigated that should be taken up. Uh, myself made charges, laid charges uh, against the previous minister, Nambula Mokanyani, with a public protector on the Giani projects. Uh, and I think that still needs to unfold. Um, and we've seen what happened in, in the, the Zondo Commission's outcome. But uh, for me, uh, Chairperson, that would be my my question to the department and just, uh, of, you know, what I experienced in the last eight years in this portfolio committee. And I'm happy that uh, what I've seen now is, is stuff that I've seen previously. Uh, and I don't miss off the cuff. I don't miss anything that was previously on uh, that's not been discussed now. Thank you very much. Chairperson. Hi, Chair, thank you. So I firstly want to welcome this presentation from the Minister this evening. I think that it is long overdue. Um, as you know, I had served on the committee for two and a half years while it was still subjoined with human settlements and I'll serve on, on human settlements. But this was something that I had actively pursued for a number of, of years while I was on water. And uh, Honourable Ms. Shekel, you will remember in committee how many times it was raised that we had asked uh, Minister Sisulu, the incumbent at the time, to come and account to our committee uh, on the appointment of all of these so-called external Section 60, uh, 76 advisory committees and her so-called National Rapid Response Task Teams, and the Minister didn't do so. You will also recall that I had referred the establishment of these Section 76 water services advisory committees to the public protector. And whilst uh, the public protector acknowledged my referral in 2020, uh, uh, the matter has still not been dealt with by the public protector. We now know, thank you, uh, Minister, for the information. Thank you, DG Phillips, for the information. We now know that 63 million rand in total was spent on these parallel bodies that were set up, um, that were essentially duplicating the functions that already existed in DWS. Um, and uh, it, it goes to the heart of one of the issues that we as a committee had repeatedly raised, which was that all of these so-called advisory committees had been established um, uh, and, and, and there was a hashtag anti-Sasulu, uh, anti-corruption campaign that was rolled out at an exorbitant cost, as my colleague, uh, Honorable Bassan, has said, that essentially uh, looked into a lot of the cases that had taken place during the terms of Gugli <gasps> and Namvula Mokunyani. Um, and so whilst we had made, I had made referrals to the public protector, we'd raised these exorbitant costs in committee. We had written, I had written to the chairperson asking 
asking it's a Sulecumna canta as it was raised in the media. A number of those media statements are now the subject of a defamation matter between Honorable Sisulu and myself when we raised the alarm of individuals like Susan Chibangu having been appointed to head up committees like this so-called disciplinary advisory committee given her conduct in, 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 in government ministries and in parliament previously. Uh, and, 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 and despite referring these, no action was taken. So, uh, Minister, I very much welcome the fact that you have come before this committee tonight, before Parliament tonight, and that you have played open cards with us. I think that a lot of the m misery that has unfolded over the past week in terms of the anger that has been caused by certain media stories is as a result, perhaps, of not having provided this information sooner. And I think that it's a message that us as politicians must take seriously, that when the media come to us and they ask us for information, that at we use those original opportunities to play open cards and to provide as much information as we can at present, because I think that really this does come down to a misunderstanding. But I'm grateful that essentially these Watergate stories have blown this open and that we are now as Parliament able to receive a full briefing. This briefing should have been given to our committee over two years ago. Chairperson, my questions are as follows. Um, if the department had provided these 63 disciplinary cases to the so-called advisory committee, why did the department, and this is um, direct to General Phillips, I understand that this is placing you in a difficult position because you have now finally been appointed as the DG, whereas Honorable Sisulu had kept her DGs on an acting rotational basis to ensure that they didn't have security of tenure and couldn't act decisively. So I understand that this is a difficult question for you to answer, but if you could please try your best to do so. Why did the department simply not brief and advise the minister at the time directly? Why did she require this committee at, a, at an additional cost of seven million rand, uh, these, these four committees totaling 63 million rand? Then this committee relied extensively on DWS's own inter internal forensic investigation and risk reports. All cases being heard at the disciplinary committee um, were referred by DWS departments themselves. What legislative provisions did the uh, disciplinary advisory committee rely on to duplicate the work of the department, or were they acting outside of uh, uh, the provisions um, of the law, essentially? Um, and then it goes to the heart of these um, this one terabyte worth of files that we have been informed by the media have been uh, pr provided to Mr. Big. Um, where are where do these files come from? Um, if if the disciplinary committee of DWS provided these files to the disciplinary advisory committee. Surely the department has got this information. Can we can we understand? Um, can we get more information on these on on where these all of these documents come from and what they contain? Um, and then, how can minister? Um, how can the public or MPs? retrospectively hold the former minister and the advisory committees accountable for the huge sums of money that were spent on the scope of work that they were mandated to do by the minister when the reports that they compiled came directly from the department. What accountability mechanisms 
should we be following? And I think that this is a discussion that needs to happen in committee because time and again, opposition MPs raise the alarm like we did. We make referrals to the relevant constitutional oversight bodies. Nothing comes of it. And then we have explosions and blow ups like this. And we find out that, you know, in excess of 63 million rand has been spent on these parallel bodies. Um, and if the above 63 million rand has led to no value for the Department of Water and Sanitation, um, will this money having been wasted be written off to fruitless, wasteful or regular expenditure? How, Mr. Phillips, Dr. Phillips, um, do you intend to deal with and how does the Auditor General intend to deal with this 63 million rand? Uh, is was, was value derived from these appointments? Then, Minister, can I ask you, there are a number of officials the corruption in this department is endemic, has been endemic. Um, it's glad to see an update. I'm glad to see an update report. But what measures are, are being taken to pursue criminal charges against officials who have resigned? I have got names. I'm not going to mention names and committee as not to cast dispersions without understanding the full facts. But I've got a list of names of officials who have received letter after letter after letter after letter, who've been investigated and who have simply resigned. Is the department taking um, action to pursue criminal charges against officials who, that have resigned? And then how many new cases, Minister, have been reported and logged since you took over? And then, Mr. Mishejo, can you please um, outline to us um, if there will be remedial action that Parliament will be taking in hearings that you will be calling as the chairperson of this committee, perhaps in conjunction with SCOPA, to deal with um, some of this, uh, what I consider to be fruitless, irregular and wasteful expenditure. And then lastly, just to say, I think that reports like this should come before Parliament more often. I think that they will avoid a lot of political messiness and a lot of um, aspersions being cast uh, that, that upset and offend people. I think if, if we can ensure that there's a, a keen um, open flow of information, that will be most, most valuable. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Mujala. No, thanks so much, Chairperson. Uh, I think uh, Honorable Emma has touched most of the questions that we were going to ask. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for the Minister for taking uh, such, uh, I mean, uh, proactive, I mean, decisions and for pushing this committee forward. We've been singing this thing of uh, acting DGs, acting CFO, acting everything. It's been disturbing the committee. That's why we see so many corruption taking place because there's no one who is able to account in that regard. Let's hope the next uh, financial year the department will improve uh, because now we can see at least uh, it is taking shape. On page 14 of your presentation uh, that we received as uh, members, there's an information on the handover report received from the former minister. The third and the fourth bullet on the presentation we received talked of the department requesting the detailed report from the disciplinary advisory committee on August 2021. Was there no follow-up from August 2021 until the 3rd May 2022, when the DG requested a copy. Since no response, 
A letter of demand has been sent to the former chairperson of the disciplinary advisory committee requesting the report. Could the Department of Water and Sanitation clarify the letter of demand and what it means legally and why a reluctance to hand over a report? Thank you. My leader, and a long time we have not spoken because of this non attendance to physical meetings. But thanks very much, Chairperson, Honorable Mashiko. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to ask something, uh, Chairperson. I am not participating here as an honorable member, uh, but I am participating here as an interested stakeholder. And uh, yes, representing Intanganyabashali uh, Sanko. <clears throat> Now, I just wanted to check, uh, Chair, with, before I engage. Since I see even the number here is 100, uh, so surely the committee does not have that number. So there's quite a number of stakeholders uh, that uh, has been invited in this meeting. And uh, as I'm saying, uh, Sanko uh, is found, because I have, uh, we, Sanko has developed a very, a serious uh, interest uh, in the issue of water and sanitation. And uh, I have engaged with the minister many, many times uh, on these issues because there are quite a number of uh, complaints and the uh, concerns that are raised uh, by our structures <coughs> throughout the country uh, on issues uh, uh, that are related to water and sanitation. But what was most disturbing was this uh, issue of the article. So I want to check what is uh, the role of these other stakeholders other than the members uh, of, uh, of, of the portfolio committee. Are we going to be given an opportunity after members have engaged uh, uh, on the matter or we are just here just to observe and listen uh, to the presentation. So I, uh, because before I, I, I just uh, say something, uh, Chairperson, I wanted to get the clarity, uh, if you can assist me on that one. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Under normal circumstances, uh, you are invited to observe. It is members of parliament who has the right to attend any other a meeting of parliament with speaking rights but with no voting rights. I, and I did point at you, even uh, Honorable um, um, uh, Powell, on the basis of you being members of parliament, that you do have the right to speak, uh, not only not having the right to vote. I do not know of any clause in, in our rules that that allow public to participate in a committee unless it is a a, a, pub, a taking caucus to the people or if you are going to for oversight where you meet with with with, with the people at, 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 the, at the stage so i wouldn't want to create a precedent that i can't um afford i don't believe that uh, 
um, um, because then you will you will have the the uh, daily Maverick wanting to respond. Everybody else wants it. It will change the 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 prospect of the meeting. I I really do want to ask that only members of parliament can speak. If you do want to, and I know that uh, after this meeting, you're, you're, I will be called by a lot of uh, medias and so forth and so on. Maybe you can be engaged there, but not in a parliament meeting, because this is tantamount to be a parliament sitting. So if you if people who come to parliament, they doesn't participate, they observe. So, but you can, it's a pity you have declared yourself a Sanko person, but... Uh, uh, I, I I will not have an issue with you talking uh, using the status of being a member of parliament, but I will not allow people who is not member of parliament to engage with parliament discussions. It will be I I I, I doubt it is it, it, it is it is allowed. No, thanks very much, uh, Chairperson, for that. Uh, because I I wanted to be honest, yes, uh, before the the members of the portfolio committee. So, because the meeting is open and transparent. So uh, I didn't want to come uh, with another cap and then use uh, the parliamentary uh, position. So I accept your explanation, Chairperson. Uh, thanks very much for that. Uh, we'll just uh, listen and observe uh, members of the parliament uh, debating. And when the right platform comes, then uh, we'll engage. But thanks very much for the clarity. Thanks very much. Honorable Nancy Grace, take your hand was up, it is gone. Must I take it that it is gone forever? Chair, I'm still here. I've got load shedding, but if um, I'm still connected, you can take me. Thank you, you, Chair. You will speak speak after six minutes. Okay. Chairperson, thank you very much. Um, I mean, Bloomfontein uh, in the public hearings, but uh, I'm also with you. Okay. Uh, let, let's thank the minister to have managed to do a follow-up on some of the investigations. You see, because it's not the minister alone who is attacked and pursued by people as um, a corrupt. It is all of us and government. And I think I like the his preface when she was uh, saying uh, we are perceived as corrupt with no accountability to our people, which is undermining the people that have sent us in parliament. Just three areas, uh, uh, Chairperson. I think this whole report, um, Honorable uh, uh, Minister, and yes, hello. Okay. What I think, uh, Honorable Minister, is that 
there is a need uh, to really strengthen the internal structures that are to address the issues of mismanagement of funds in government. Very clear here, there has been a lack of effectiveness by structures like internal audit, risk management, and many others. This is a situation which says government is not tight to manage funds of our people. I'm, I'm raising this from afar when this uh, investigation has started. The second issue, Chair, is that I, I, I may be wrong on this question. I do not, I think there's a weakness maybe in the uh, board act, the establishment of the board. How does it happen that the board itself have a hand in the funds which it administers? A board, CEOs and many other CFOs. I, I don't understand how does it happen? So also there's a need to go back to that act on how best can tighten that act of uh, the, 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 the water board. The last one, Chair, is that I, there is a need to have a rehabilitation um, a proactive rehabilitation of officials. For me to handle millions, and I've never handled even a thousand rand, something is not right. Something is not right in that process. I don't know in terms of their entry point in the department of counseling them. They get excited about Tuga. So there is a need of some proactive rehabilitation so that I'm not getting very clear on the Amatole water uh, entity. You recall that there were media uh, issues uh, which were clarifying in pages who is who, the relative of who, the CEOs, uh, friends and all those particular issues. I'm not getting in the report well uh, that particular process. So if perhaps uh, we could be told that it's coming, it's fine, but I'm looking on how others have been uh, reported, uh, if there are others that are left out, uh, which will follow, uh, it's okay, Chairperson, uh, thank you. Can you hear me, Chairperson? No, I'm fine. 
He indicated that Grace could go second or after you, so maybe Grace should go while the chairperson tried to connect. I think he's muted and he's still on the platform. Masheko? Maybe there's a load shading in the garage. Yeah, that's like load shading in his car. I am in the garage too. Don't don't talk about that, DF. Grace, just continue. Let's go. Um, time is running. Who are, who are, who are Grace, man? I, I can hear all of you. Why are you oh, okay. You are not responding, Masheko. I can't just undermine you, my leader. Uh, uh, thank you thank you very much, uh, Masheko. And um, uh, let me also join other members in thanking the, the minister. Um, for taking the ball by its horn in responding to the um, the the recent articles by Daily Maverick, and I must confirm from the side of the portfolio committee chair to say even last year we have received a progress report in terms of the disciplinary cases um, within the department, and SIU also is presented to this department meaning that we are still on course as part of our oversight. And even the department is on, on course in terms of updating the portfolio committee. Even this year, around March, I think the minister is requested to brief the portfolio committee and we have given him an opportunity to come and present um, the disciplinary cases that are before the portfolio committee. And I think we are on course, Chair, with regard to um, those matters. It's unfortunate that um, the, the, the people out there, the communities out there, are still not having water, um, especially in other villages in Guiani. Uh, we do have uh, learners who have been trained in the Hall on Leaks program that are, are roaming around the street um, in our areas, and a lot of money has been spent. And, but we are hoping that um, SIU and the department also uh, will be able to hold those people um, accountable. Because yes, Minister, I want to agree with you that corruption is a crime against humanity. It is a sin. And unfortunately, we are using taxpayers' money um, to deal with our own issues. So my question relates to what Honorable Mutlala has raised, Chair, um, with regard to the money um, that has been paid to the so-called advisory committees or whether your stabilization committee or whatever the name it is, your 63 million. I think this is a lot of money. Um, and always we are complaining as the portfolio committee members to say, your projects or your funding models are skewed in such a way that the majority of your projects are taking a long time to be finished. But on the other side, you are paying people a lot of money 
Uh, whereas we've got officials who are earning salaries, we've got internal structures like your your audit committee, your risk committees that are doing these investigations. My question is that how, and as you are speaking, Minister, we don't have any report That's, that has been handed over to your good self. I heard the DG has written a letter to them, but even as you are speaking, we have not yet received the report on what 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 work has been undertaken? Uh, because a lot of money has been spent. Sixty three million is a lot of money. Uh, so I'm just checking: what powers do you have as the department um, to make sure that we these people or these structures that have been um, created in government or in the entity are accountable to our good selves? What powers do you have? Can the president also intervene in making sure that these structures are accounting or are handing over the so-called two million uh, files um, that have been investigated within your department? I think that, that is my concern. My my concern. This is a lot of money, and communities are struggling. Young people are struggling. They don't have jobs, but we are paying a lot of money to the people who are doing duplication. Actually, this is a duplication. Because we've got officials who are on a daily basis getting their salaries, but we have managed to appoint too many structures that are, are doing the same work as the ones that are, do, are done by the officials. I think this is corruption at its best. As much as you are saying it's within the prescript of your 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 legislations, but I think, but I think to to me and to other to other honourable members, I think this is this is you know a corruption at its best. We have raised this matter for quite a long time, and we have not received clarity to that. But I just want to check how best can we hold these people accountable in making sure that um, they avail the documents that uh, uh, have been consolidated to this department. And actually, what was their role? Uh, thanks, Chair. I think those are my comments. Thanks. Honorable Kharif. Honorable Kharif Hendricks of Algebras. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, um, I have worked in the corporate world and all my life I was involved with cases related to discipline in the CCMA, in the labor courts, uh, at uh, very senior levels and also junior levels in the trade union movement. I used to defend workers uh, for 10 years. So I've got a very good idea of uh, the issue around disciplinary hearings. I am obviously shocked that there were so many uh, cases uh, in the water and sanitation department, uh, but that is now water under the bridge. Although the people didn't get the water, but it's water under the bridge. Um, I don't know whether the minister has the wisdom of Solomon to turn everything around. Uh, because it looks like it's so in, it's an impossible task that the levels of corruption is so high that maybe we've only, uh, dealt with the tip of the iceberg. 
The Honourable Honourable Chair, the Portfolio Committee, it is our responsibility to help the Minister turn things around. Uh, from the disciplinary cases that was presented to us uh, this evening, we have a clear idea of where the loopholes are, are, where the weak points are, and uh, we hope that in the next financial year we are able to plug all those loopholes so that the full money that has been budgeted for and which we will vote for uh, next week is used to provide people with water. So at least for this year, we can say that, uh, you know, uh, we'll be able to use the full budget and that after the budget won't be stolen or wasted. So we'll be able to assist more people uh, to, to, to get water. But uh, it is... Uh, the, the, the media has to play a more active role uh, because they are closer to the communities. They need to be more investigative journalism because it's clear that the structures of parliament has failed the nation. One of the previous honorable members mentioned the audit committees, this committee, that committee, uh, Auditor General, uh, five parliaments, 400 members doing oversight. All of us have failed miserably and at least 60% of the money allocated for water and sanitation in all three tiers of government has gone uh, down the drain. The water mustn't go down the drain. It must go into people's steps, uh, Honorable Chair. And uh, so I think that uh, the Portfolio Committee, we may have to take uh, more interest in, uh, in what's happening uh, and we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to get too much involved in operational matters but if everyone else has failed the country there's no one left but the portfolio committee so it just means we've got to take on uh, extra responsibilities and maybe we must require requests uh, from uh, all the departments to tell us how many disciplinary cases have we held this month, how many people have been disciplined, and keep a tab on on what is happening. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the solution, Honorable Chair, but it is uh, a tragedy. It is anti-revolutionary that Parliament has given uh, 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 nearly a trillion rand to address water and sanitation after apartheid. And most of that money has gone down the drain. So Parliament has done its best to budget, and we are in a budget period now. Parliament has given the money, but once the money was released, everyone else failed Parliament uh, uh, not to pick up at a very early stage the corruption. We went on an oversight visit in the Eastern Cape and wherever we went, people were on edge. Are they going to catch us out? And I could see, uh, I did a bit of psychology in my studies, I could see on the faces that even the person who tests the water, he was worried, are they going to catch me out? So what was he stealing? How was he involved in corruption? So, so the minister has a, has a great challenge to give us leadership, Honorable Chair, and I look forward to that leadership. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Um, 
I do see the hand of Honorable um, um, Honorable um, um, Powell. Um, Powell, but I want can can you hold Honorable Paul because we our time is is limited. Let us hear what 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 the answers are, the responses. And that we do not meet, we do not miss that time because when it is quarter to nine, they will switch us off and we will not have been answered. Okay, Chair, matter- that, that's fine, yeah. but that, that's fine. I agree to that. I do have three things that I'd like to say. I agree to wait, but I do think that it's imperative that this committee does make some recommendations and we, we don't just close after the questions, responses, um, and, and leave okay. it there. Okay, uh, you you had the question unto me. Uh, I, I I take the challenge. You said that um, shall there be time when I am called to come and answer, be it by scope or, or by any other person? I think I, I must be open to do that because with, if the minister has given this information and there are people that does not understand and they still want to hear from us as a committee. Uh, on behalf of the committee, I should be open to be asked and and, 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 and and clarify that when they take a view that we are misleading them, we are lying, they will have had proper information in their book. And they have done that so many times, so I I will be open to do that. Uh, Minister, in your responses, the, 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 a bit of concerns that I have, and I, I these concerns I had even in the, during the minister's Sulu's tenure, we, I have declared in public that uh, the from 2012 to to date, we have got 37 billion rand that cannot be accounted for properly. Yes, you are giving us report today, but if you look at the recovery rate of the money, the uh, 283 million, 56 million, we have not reached billion one, one billion out of the 37 billion. Uh, for instance, somebody, somebody is 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 charged that he is a director. He gave a go ahead of paying of about hundred million rand. Upon investigation, it is found that he is not a director, but he did sign. He must be answerable. Whom is, did someone sign on? Use his signature to do that. And if that is the so, who is that? And that person should should be followed up. I, the, the good the work the good work you're doing is is accepted, but get a little bit deeper, Minister. The re, re, recovering of, of three hundred million rand out of thirty seven billion. I, uh, Minister, kufanya nongo genelo andro tu ufunu puza manzo watete ngekutete tulo andro ngomlomo. Yeah, but Minister, sugu. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. I would uh, request that we uh, give a, a short slot to uh, Director General to answer. And I'm sure the Deputy Ministers may want, uh, and then I'll, I'll close. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. PG. Thank you, Minister and Chairperson. Um, I'd like to try and answer a few of the questions and then also ask our CFO to also come in. On the first question about the SAP case, um, 
We, the, the SIU did brief us on that issue. Um, I'm just uh, checking their response here. Sorry, just a second. Um, they indicated that, um, that they couldn't trace the alleged kickback and to whom it was paid, so it was not pos possible for them to pursue it, but they have handed evidence that there was a kickback to the NPA for further action. I'm going to say, um, Chairperson, it might be an idea. It might be a good idea for the committee to call the SIU to give more uh, briefings on these cases because um, we're, we're providing information to you that we've received from the SIU about their investigations. It might be better to hear directly from them. Um, second, secondly, with regard to the um, to the role of the advisory committees and the and the payments that were made to them, as I indicated in the presentation. Um, the, the, the legal prescripts for disciplinary action don't allow for a disciplinary advisory committee to take action. But um, the, the terms of reference of the disciplinary advisory committee didn't say that they should take action. Um, so um, they, they, it just said that they should support and advise the minister and the director general. And I assume that that's what they focused on doing. It's the journalist in his article who indicated that the... Um, he first, he changed the name of a from a disciplinary advisory committee to a disciplinary committee, which is misleading. But secondly, he indicated that the disciplinary advisory committee had a mandate to institute disciplinary action, which was not correct. So um, the, the 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 incorrect part is in the journalist article. The uh, actual terms of reference for the for the disciplinary advisory committee was legally correct. Um, you asked a question. Uh, um, Honourable Powell, um, about where Mr. Begg's files come from. I don't know. That's what we've been trying to find out from Mr. Begg ourselves and asking him to either provide them to us or to the SIU um, if he doesn't want to give them to us so that they can be verified. We don't know whether whether the, the disciplinary advisory committee had two million files or not. Um, it seems a, a lot of files, but we don't know. That, that's an allegation from Mr. Begg. Um, so we don't know um, whether the disciplinary advisory committee did indeed have such files or not. Um, the the appointment of the um, uh, advisory committees was regular because, um, as I indicated in the presentation, both the Water Act, the National Water Act, and the Water Services Act allows for the uh, appointment of advisory committees, and the auditors um, uh, over the years have not found that expenditure to be fruitless or wasteful. Um, from, what, from what I can find out, their role was to provide advice and support, um, and, and, they, and they, had to, they were remunerated on the basis of timesheets, which is time spent examining the information and then providing advice and support. Um, and the auditors did not, have not to date found that to be fruitless and wasteful expenditure. Um, there was also a question about whether criminal charges will be um, made against officials which resigned. As I indicated in the presentation, we, where, where we have evidence of criminal activity, we do refer that to, to the SAPS for investigation. Um, and um, the SAPS, where the investigators, investigations indicate that there is indeed ground for, for criminal action, they do refer it to the NPA. Um, so that's the process that we take, which I think is understandable, given that uh, we don't have a criminal investigating um, capacity within the department. Um, 
there was a question asked uh, about the letter of demand and what does that mean legally. Simply, it was a letter which I sent to the chairperson of the Disciplinary Advising Committee, again asking for us to be provided with their handover report um, within, a, within a certain period, which I indicated in the letter, and then said that if we don't get it within that period, we will have to consider legal action to try and get a, a handover report from the Disciplinary Advisory Committee. There was also a question about how many uh, new cases we've had since uh, August last year when Minister Ntunu became Minister. Um, I haven't been able to get full information in that regard in the few minutes I can, I'll, I can commit to responding to that. What I can say is that we've had our, our, um, our internal audit unit has received 22 new allegations relating to various matters, most of them related to financial misconduct, and they're in various stages of investigating them. A number of them have been completed, some are still in process, and some of them uh, will be uh, leading to disciplinary cases. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Can I also ask our CFO to respond on what to the question about what we've done and what we're doing as a department to improve the controls in the department to reduce the risk of corruption and irregular expenditure occurring in the future? Franz? Thank you, PG. Good evening. Yeah, just briefly, the department has put in various systems of controls, particularly around the delegations and policies. We have reviewed the department's uh, policies and delegations, both internally within the department and those that relate to the oversight and monitoring of the implementing agents. We are working very close uh, in ensuring that the implementing agents adhere to procurement processes. And also one key element of um, internal controls relates to the uh, staff training. We are training our staff within the SCM uh, environment but also our procurement committees, both the uh, bit adjudication, evaluation committees. The department has put in a process where before the members serve on those committees, they are taken through a thorough training to ensure that they can account for uh, the decisions that they are making with regards to evaluation as well as awards of uh, tenders. And regarding the 18 uh, billion of irregular expenditure, as indicated in the report, the disciplinary process are ongoing. There are also investigations that the department is concluding, but also national treasury as required, do not condone until you have uh, demonstrated that loss determination has been concluded. For example, in the case of uh, Guiani, uh, this litigation process in place, you also have to uh, confirm that there were no losses. And if there were losses in that uh, transaction, accountability for that, who's responsible for that, consequence management as well. So there are various uh, measures that we've put in place, Diki, that is the highlight of those that we are currently implementing within the department and the implementing agents. Thank you. Thank you, Minister. I don't know whether any of the deputy ministers would want to take a bite. Mashaubo. Well, uh, thanks, Matunga, and thanks, dear Magats and uh, members of Parliament. Uh, safe to say that uh, we, we thank the Chair Minister that uh, he allowed you, when you voluntarily asked for this time to be set aside, uh, because uh, one of the things that uh, is uh, 
has to be noted about this ministry is your drive that um, we should be able to account. And members of parliament, we are we are actually not going to run away from accounting because it's the right thing to do. And corruption and the cancer, members, you are correct. It denies us the opportunity to discharge our mandate to bring water to many South Africans, including uh, decent sanitation. Well, uh, the report, uh, HM, uh, indeed, it covers the, the total sum because one of the things that we wanted to demonstrate, like Minister said, is that um, there is a commitment to accountability. Number two, there is willingness, political and leadership to confront these issues so that the low confidence people have on government in, the, in our department uh, is something that we want to erase that particular slate. But uh, internally, Chair, we have to confirm that there is capacity and institutional capability. Especially, we must thank those men and women who are actually working in the internal audit unit, the risk management unit, and the audit committees. Because most of these issues that uh, the other agencies are working on them are actually self-initiated investigations that have been there. But because of the capability of the law enforcement agencies, especially the SIU, the Hawks, and the others, that's why some of these matters are being referred well on our side, led by Minister, we should be able to work closely with the, those law enforcement agencies so that those matters can be expedited because one of the responsibilities we have is also to communicate amongst us in the public service that if there are certain employees who are actually facing certain matters or they're in conflict with the law, there is this new tendency that they resign from one department or to, or to the other, or they resign from one sphere or the other. We should be probably be able to share that information, especially with important organizations like uh, DPSA, so that you don't have those people actually falling through the cracks as a matter of dealing with those. But also equally, we appreciate that media must play an important role. But at the very same time, Media must also be very careful to be used as a propaganda machinery, especially in some of the inaccuracies that are being made here uh, around some of these issues. The department, as it has been said, a uh, comrade chair, we have nothing to hide. And those figures that we are actually giving it here, these are the records that we have. Other than that, there are no other records that are there. But we'll not only handle these issues only, Chair. Issues around integrity that minister emphasized when he arrived in August as we became a new ministry. And issues of morality and ethics is one of the issues that we are putting the biggest premium. That we need to act with integrity. We need to be ethical in our own ways of doing. But more importantly, Chair, where money has been wasted, we will spare no effort to follow it through. But I do agree with Honorable Hendricks. Our people, they deserve to receive water like yesterday. And we thought that this is the platform that we should account. If there's other platform that Parliament will ask Minister Mtun and ourselves, that we should be able to account. 
who are we to say that we'll not be able to actually provide those particular responses? But we also welcome the, uh, the issues of how you have responded, of being open as a ministry in dealing with these issues. And together we should be able to clean up the department, but not only the department, you could see some of the capability the department has is actually cutting across other entities that minister is leading because some of these issues not only happening in the department but in the entire sector we'll also have to look very careful on some of the issues that are happening on water related matters that have to deal with local government like other members have raised in the past where money just disappears when it was meant for service delivery with respect to water and sanitation I will just uh, stop the chair now, Matungwan. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Minister Chaperson and the uh, entire APA Portfolio Committee. Minister, let me uh, say uh, to the Portfolio Committee, it is indeed a uh, uh, something that is very exciting that people get to know the truth about the Department of Water and Sanitation. And uh, actually, uh, we have laid bed uh, to everybody to to have to appreciate the challenges that we are going through, but also to to see the work that is being done because it's not only challenges, but there is an, a, a, a work that is going through. Uh, working with the SAPS, working with SIU uh, uh, and every other institution to try and make sure that we deal with matters related to corruption and fraud uh, uh, is now an open thing that everybody can be able to see. But uh, of of importance, uh, uh, Minister, is that whenever there are issues uh, uh, or whenever there there are reports, let the report be the truth and nothing else but the truth and not have something that actually uh, brings the, uh, uh, I would say it, it brings the country into disrepute because when you read through what the uh, the Daily Maverick has really reported about the department, uh, it definitely says to the people of the Republic that uh, the, 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 the Department of Water and Sanitation actually has got no leadership in essence in codes. Uh, and that is why they can be able uh, to leave things as uh, as it is, or that that is why we, 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 we've got over 2 million files that uh, we cannot be able to account to. And, and I think uh, for me, if, uh, or for the department, uh, this is something that actually, it's uh, 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 as you have indicated, Minister, that we need to look at uh, the legalities of everything that is being said in this and be able to say, how do we move forward? And we are not saying that uh, 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 media must not report, but we are saying media should be able to be an informative uh, tool that the uh, people of the Republic can be able to use. Like we have now laid bare uh, everything uh, so that we believe and we expect that the media that is on this platform should be able to say this is uh, what is real in the Department of Water and Sanitation, and then we're able to move forward. But Minister, I I really believe that uh, Parliament, out of this presentation that we have been able to make, will be able to to have a report that will be taken to Parliament and be able to have resolutions 
which actually the department can be able to implement based on what the parliamentary guide, uh, uh, the parliament and the uh, portfolio committee will be guiding us around. But really appreciate what honorable members have been said. At uh, all said and done, water is a right and sanitation is dignity. Thank you, Minister. Thank you very much. Just to sum up, those who engage in criminality while they're in the employ of the department and then they resign, we're clear on that, that we'll follow uh, you um, up to the end, criminally or in terms of civil claims, uh, even in, in, in even looking at uh, people's estate uh, uh, in some cases. Uh, it will be it will be necessary to go all the way, assisted by law enforcement agencies. Second one is um, how do we recover money that uh, would have been uh, uh, used uh, by the committee uh, at hand, uh, which clearly was a duplication. That's a matter to ponder for by by all of us to ponder to ponder on by all of us and uh, including the committee uh, to say is there a case of a claim and uh, we look at it uh, together but it is a, a concern uh, that um, um, there would have been a, a committee a simple to take files from uh, people in the department who would be doing work and so on and then advise. Uh, the minister and the and the and the DG. The last question is, uh, well, not the question. It's the issue of uh, uh, the media. Um, I think uh, the market uh, uh, is spot on. I I I think um, the media has a, a very very important and and big role as been as has been demonstrated in the short history of our country and of our democracy that uh, they remain independent, they remain fearless, they, they remain um, accurate in terms of uh, uh, the truth and not uh, played uh, in a manner that doesn't assist. Um, otherwise, they have a role to play and they need to be free, uh, but take care to uh, reflect on the truth and, and as accurately as possible. In that way, uh, uh, media will, will, will be assisting all of us, uh, uh, whether in government or outside government. Chair, finally, uh, the issue of 37 billion that we are talking about, it's something that we need to, we need to look at uh, because um, uh, we need to unpack it to say, how does that question arise of 37? Is it, is it money that has been and as, as, as accumulated as a result of poor accountability or non-accountability? Uh, is it not part of, uh, the, the report covers 10 years. So if we say 37 billion, uh, we need to unpack it so that we don't may leave uh, a mysterious uh, figure uh, unpacked. It, 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 if it's uh, within these investigations and so on, um, uh, or let's say so, or if it is, if there's 37 billion outside all of this, let us also say so. We'll look at in the at the, at the matter and engage you, uh, and and of course uh, your concern we shared that cases delay. Uh, they take they take a long time, um, 
uh, uh, well, it's something that we need to do by engaging SIU now and then. I think since we came, we've engaged with them almost three times in long meetings, and then SAPS and all other uh, uh, agencies. With this, uh, we thank you very much, uh, Chair, and uh, the Portfolio Committee as a whole. Um, thanks, um, Honorable um, Powell. You will realize that we are at that time of ending the meeting. Chair, please, can I, make a re- can I make a recommendation? We've got six minutes. Um, let's, I, I, knowing you, you can take in, 15 minutes in six minutes. I promise you I'll be, I'll, can you give me two minutes? Take, take the two, take the two. Thank you, Chair. I appreciate it. Chair, um, there was a draft terms of reference for the establishment of a commission of inquiry into the functioning of the Department in Water and Sanitation um, that was sent to, uh, that actually came from Scopa in, in February 2018. And that inquiry was blocked. I would like to make a formal recommendation that's minuted today um that that inquiry be reestablished because uh I think that it is necessary and it will give the minister who's very clearly um a proponent and an advocate of transparency and accountability given that he's come here tonight and played open cards with us it will give him and his team an opportunity to as uh, Dr Phillips says unpack further the cases um, and what is being done to right size Uh, and root out corruption in this department. And then just to state for the record, uh, again, that if we had acted when these matters had been brought to committee by members such as myself, we wouldn't be sitting in this position. We knew we've had this information for years, Chair, and the committee members time and again shut down their requests for these inquiries and investigations and and summoning the ex-minister before the committee to account. If Parliament had done its job in the past two years, we wouldn't be here. Thank you to the minister. Thank you to Dr. Phillips. And I just want to also say that the Daily Maverick um, does require our protection. The media are the fourth pillar of our democracy. And Uh, just thank uh, journalists for doing doing their job. Outside of narratives, you see... I That's do. why I will, I will not give I'm you two time. minutes. I'm looking at my clock. It's 41. I'm two minutes. Yeah. It's exactly uh, two uh, minutes. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm finished. I'm uh, finished. Let's talk, let's let's talk as a member of the parliament. You are not a shop sort of daily maverick here. No. But thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody in the portal. Uh, and um, I want to appreciate, uh, colleagues, all of you who took time to sit with us. We, we were at, at some point 104 in the in the portal. It, 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 we have spoken to quite a, a lot of people. It's important. Where you think you want uh, uh, to be clarified by either the minister, the, D, the DG, the deputy minister, or myself, or any other of our committee members, don't be afraid to phone us. We can talk to you. But at least there is a report that we will receive. Thank you very much. The meeting stand agenda. Leadership. Leadership. Okay, Moira. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Bye. Thank you very much. Recording stopped. Thank you.